Hello, Monetization Nation. Robert Frost said, quote, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference, unquote. Sometimes in our businesses, we might be tempted to take the well-traveled road, the easier road everyone else is taking. We may not want to put in the effort that taking the harder path requires. In today's episode, Ali Schwenke and I will discuss how doing video may be harder, but worth it. We'll discuss how taking the path of more resistance led to more than six figures of revenue for Ali. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Ali is the CEO and founder of Simple Strat, a boutique agency that simplifies content marketing for B2B technology companies worldwide. With 15 plus years of marketing experience, ranging from in-house marketing agency to sales and entrepreneurship, she brings a practical and data-driven perspective to the practice of content marketing. She's also the co-host of the popular YouTube series, HubSpot Hacks. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ali. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Let's start off with a, a simple question. Um, what can you share with us something that you are super passionate about? Well, usually I have to say content marketing, but that seems like a cop-out because we're talking about business, right? Um, so I will share that I'm passionate about um, German shepherds. I have a German shepherd puppy right now and um, have had them my whole life, even tried to get on the school bus with me. So we're currently um, training her on how to do things and she goes on walks and runs with me, but she's definitely my, my little pal. Can you share with us your story of your journey to become an expert content marketer? So I think when you go to college and you look at marketing and the discipline of marketing, you often think that it's, it's kind of this one area. And I will say that over the course of my career, I've come to realize that what I love is content marketing and education of the customer. But um, my, my journey actually started as a uh, photographer. So I, I wanted to rid the world of stock photography, knowing that the same, the same four to five people seem like they work everywhere because they're in the cooking ads, they're in the home ads, they're in the B2B ads. And that was several years ago. And at that time, not a lot of companies wanted to pay me to do that. So I ended up building a business around weddings, babies, you know, so on and so forth. But I still, at the end of the day, really wanted to use this authentic visual perspective to help drive better business marketing and decisions. And so as my career progressed, uh, I got questions as, as any entrepreneur typically does like, Hey, can you do this? And I figured how, how hard is that build a website? Sure. And so I ended up building websites and delved into writing. And over the course of, of my career, I learned a lot about uh, marketing from working for both myself and, and other people. So um, where I ended up now is, is in a world where everybody wants the answer to something before they talk to a salesperson. And that is the role of content. And that's ultimately what I do today. And, and I love it. I find myself just being consumed by media, by podcasting, by videos, by written content and how it leads someone to make a purchase that they feel good about. And that obviously, you know, solves a problem in their career. So talk to me about that process really quick, because 
uh, what percentage of your customers are B2C companies and which percentage are, are B2Bs? Yeah, the, the percentage today is, is very low. We actually, we, all of our customers are, are B2B. We used to work with some B2B and B2C. And um, really, as you look at both marketing disciplines, B2C tends to have a very low price point, um, a lot of, uh, you know, one-to-one decision-making uh, B2B. So for example, if I go and buy, you know, um, a pair of shoes. Um, that involves me with a lot of different options. Um, at the end of the day, it's my decision. It's usually not a committee. There's usually not the need to like read about how the shoe functions when I run, read about all the different ways that it's made. Like you just buy a shoe because you want it because it looks nice and and you thought about it. Um, B2B on the other hand tends to have committees of people that make decisions together. There tends to be larger budgets. There tends to be a lot of complexity involved in the sale. Sometimes 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. And so this need to continually nurture someone along that buying journey is just much different than it is with, with, you know, content for B2C. So we found that that was, that was so different that we decided to make that shift and and focus solely on B2B, um, which then lends itself to, um, you know, content that attracts them to the website, gets them to learn what their problem is. Oh, you have a solution that actually solves that problem. I didn't even know that that existed. And then, you know, helps them realize that it's their, almost like it's their idea that they want to buy that thing. And then at the end of the day, they feel like they had a hand in that buying experience. And, um, you know, whether that's videos or, um, like our HubSpot hack series that you mentioned earlier as a way that we teach people about HubSpot to help them realize that they need help um, with using the platform. And that's obviously, you know, kind of a key to how we sell services too. What's the greatest home run that you've hit in your career? Well, I will probably cite the one that comes to mind now most recently is, is our HubSpot Hacks YouTube series. And the reason it's a home run is it's one of those projects that came out of a inclination from a customer experience. So to kind of take you back, HubSpot is a, is a marketing technology platform that originally was, was um, created to help people automate their marketing activity based on specific activity. It grew into be a CRM. It grew into a service hub. So there's a lot of things that it does now. Well, it's kind of so big now that people don't really know what to do. They just know yeah. that like I should use HubSpot. So they end up looking for how to do these very tiny things that HubSpot has a lot of different knowledge center articles. Here's how to set up your users. Here's how to use video. But people were saying, show me show me, like, I still don't get it. And knowing that people were, were rising and using, you know, platforms like, um, uh, TikTok and, and even at the time, you know, a lot of Instagram video was really hot. And so people just wanted to see it, show me it, let me see it. So we, um, recorded some screencast videos and it was literally a, I record my screen. My face is in the lower left-hand side. I'm wearing a t-shirt and we're just like walking through this screen share And we did that for a couple of things like, how do I do a workflow? How do I do a landing page? And discovered that those got thousands and thousands of of hits and people started asking us additional questions. And we thought, whoa, like what's going on here? Why, why, Why isn't this content anywhere else? So we decided to spin that off into a separate series and actually use that as a lead generator for our agency. And we did that and about six months into it, re-optimized based on what we knew about YouTube SEO. And at that time it just took off and then the pandemic happened and it really took off. So I think the the home runs were realizing that people want, 
even if there's a type of content right now from your competition that already exists, people learn in different forms. And video is one of the, still one of the hottest places to get some traction because it's hard because you have to be okay with being on video. I tell yep. people, yes, you look like that. And yes, you sound like that. So stop <laughs> freaking out about it. Um, and then secondly, you do have to be, you can't edit video the way you edit a blog. Like I'm just going to take this whole section out because you have to be a lot more thoughtful when you record it like we are right now. And that scares a lot of people away. So the home run there is we've generated over, uh, I think over 3 million impressions on YouTube with our channel. We have, uh, over 8,000 subscribers. Um, we generated over 500 different top of funnel leads directly from YouTube. Um, so 500. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's been, it's been pretty incredible. So do you have any rough estimate how much revenue you've generated from that HubSpot hack series? I mean, it's well over six figures. Um, I don't know as far as we actually just now added a new team member to our team to build out that consulting side of the business even more. And, um, yeah, we're just pretty, we're really excited about that, that side of the business for sure. That's great. Okay. So let me, let's summarize a couple of the key takeaways from that. Cause that, that is definitely a huge home run. So the first concept there is you gave value away for free mm -hmm. to your target audience. And, and then as a result of giving it away for free, you gained credibility and you gained reach and then you gained revenue that came as a natural result, but it all came from starting with providing value first. Okay. Second concept that I want to talk about why I love this is you talked about because it has a bigger barrier of entry, it's harder for competitors. So there's, there's not as much competition there. And I love that concept. Sometimes businesses look for the, you know, like water looks for the, the <laughs> downhill path and follows the path of least resistance. And sometimes we as businesses should be heading the opposite direction of the water. We should be going because most of our competitors are going to go the path of least resistance. They're going to do the easiest thing. And if we want to differentiate ourselves and set ourselves apart and provide something unique, um, one of the easiest ways to do that is is take the harder path. And that's one of the reasons I love video right now is it's, it's harder to do. So not as many people are doing it. And so it presents great opportunity and we can position ourselves in the number two search engine in the world, which is mm -hmm. YouTube. Yeah. People forget that YouTube is a place. It doesn't necessarily, it is home to a lot of people who do creation type of content, Red Bull videos, skateboard videos, cooking videos, but there is an equal amount of people that are looking for business to business how to's yep. and they end up over. I know I've, I've used YouTube when it comes to how do I do something in Evernote? How do I set up something in QuickBooks? I've ended up on YouTube. And most of the time people don't think about the journey someone takes after they've watched a video. And that journey is how the inbound marketing actually works. So putting some thought into the journey is important upfront and you can't do that until you have enough content out there to even test it first before you optimize. Yeah. Okay. What is your biggest failure or mistake that you've made in your business career and what'd you learn from it? I have to nail it down to one. <laughs> I feel like if, if you're not a good marketer, you haven't failed a lot. Yeah. Maybe you could focus on content marketing. What's your biggest content marketing mistake or failure? One, I would say one mistake that comes to mind, I was working with a, 
a smaller business in, in the area of leadership development. And I will not say that the content itself was a mistake, but I will say the mistake was, was quitting before the rest of the, so they were probably in the early majority. It was a podcast that was being produced in the late 2000s. So like 2010 ish. Mm -hmm. And because it was so new to your point, the barrier to entry was so incredible. It was hard to produce a podcast in the 2000s. It was hard. I mean, we used a, a platform called Podbean. Um, we syndicated it through a radio station and it's, it's not as easy as record through anchor, push, publish, go to, go to podcast, right? There was not even an app on people's phones to listen. So there was a big barrier for the listeners or the people to listen and the audience they were actually wanting to get in front of this podcast wasn't as tech savvy as one should have been. So there was quite a few obstacles, I think, to success. Now, I, I don't think that that made it, I think, I don't think I made it a failure at the time. I think the failure was not getting enough quick ROI that the company decided to give up and not continue because, you know entrepreneur on fire is about the same time period. And he got to about 200 episodes and suddenly like his world blew up. So yeah. I, I think that the, the failure is we probably would have given up in our YouTube channel as well. Six months in, had I been at my team saying there's no revenue coming from this, cut it off now, yeah. you know? So that's, that's probably one of our, my biggest realizations. What is your best monetization secret or strategy? Best monetization strategy. At, at the end of the day, it really comes down to realizing people will pay money for things that we might otherwise can take for granted. So for example, you can make money teaching anybody anything. And even if it's easy for you, it might not be as easy for them. So I, I encourage people to like tear apart the customer journey toward their final destination. So I'm going to use our HubSpot, for example. HubSpot as a company does not offer onboarding services for their free products. There are hundreds of people today that would pay me $99 to give them a course that would be the 10 steps to set up your HubSpot free CRM to make sure you get the most out of your $0 investment. All I would need to do is do some customer interviews, launch that and PS we're working on something like that. But, but the monetization, I think people sometimes think I'm going to make $5 million and you don't make $5 million before you make $5. So what is the first easiest thing that you already know that you can package and systematize and then turn around to the market in order for them to sell and exchange that value and then keep turning that money into the next level. Right. So focus on the quick win first is what you're saying. Absolutely. Okay. I love that. Uh, what do you feel is the biggest tectonic shift that is transforming the business landscape today? Um, a business landscape, it's probably, I mean, as an employer, I'm seeing this, there's a lot of conversation around now that we're all working remotely, we're back in that, that like almost like crockpot of, am I working or am I not working? What am I on? What am I off? And, you know, really kind of creating this opportunity for employees to be successful yet at the same time drive business, you know, opportunities. And I, myself, I'm, I'm saying that too, I'm, I'm at home. I've got my kids around, they're doing zoom learning and how we go back to the workplace will change. And like, we've decided that we're, we're not going to go back to our office. We've shifted how we even, how we hire all of our employees. Now we're, we're working remotely. We have employees all over as opposed to in our city. So that, that from a marketing standpoint means 
how do you then reach people that you used to just send information to one office and, um, the importance of, of personalities and being human, because you would have never caught me on a zoom video for a podcast interview two years ago in my house, but yet now it's fine. Now it's normal. So those, those psychological shifts are really causing conversations among what's, what's accepted, what's not, and how do we communicate and, and deliver value in a way that we can scale. Yeah. Okay. So this, to summarize, you're saying that the way we work and the way we work from home and the acceptableness of the way we work from home and a kid running in the background or a dog barking in the background is just part of how we do business now working with remote employees and remote customer service people is just part of business now where, where before that may have been the rogue company that was Mm -hmm. doing a, some innovative strategy. And now it's just part of normal business. So let's talk about that for a little bit, go just a, a little bit deeper. How does a business do that? I mean, you, you can put people on video calls, responding to chats on a site. You can, you can make people very accessible through video formats. How, and, you, and you put their pictures online and their bios online. What other ideas and strategies do you have for kind of humanizing your team to the visitors of the site? Yeah, there's definitely an opportunity to, I mean, we use the word and we're talking in marketing of subject matter experts or SMEs is kind of how we, we call it. Um, but every, every person in your company has subject matter expertise in some area. So where it used to be only the people that are good on camera get to be the ones that represent the company. Now you don't have to be on camera, but now I expect to see an article authored by a person or I expect to see some sort of like, here's what it's like in real life, not just you know, kind of high level philosophy talk. Um, I do think that one way that companies can humanize is, is listening to what the customers say and using their words in their marketing and advertising, because nobody goes to a website and says, I hope that I accelerate my results twofold this week. They say, <laughs> you know, like my test is always pull up a website and would someone say what that headline is? And if they wouldn't, then it's an advertising driven headline versus an empathy driven headline. And we were just really good at cutting through bullcrap these days because of, of our experiences with social. Um, so, you know, definitely subject matter experts is one. Uh, the second one is leveraging your customers to have them do your marketing for you. So we, I talked about this on a previous um, podcast was if you can get an experience that is so worthy of sharing and you can convey that in a really good testimonial video. B2B doesn't tend to have as many reviews, you know, like a shoe company would, but if I can have Nathan, you talk about, wow, it was really great to work with Ali. And you say the things that, like we talked about stories that caused me to go, oh, he had a problem. This was his journey, the climax. Now this is the resolution. If I can see that from you as a customer, then I naturally have understanding and empathy because you're the voice of that company then. Thank you so much, Ali, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, giving away something of value for free can be a great lead generator. Number two, many of our competitors are taking an easier path. We can get ahead by taking the harder path that most people aren't doing. Number three, B2B can often lend itself better to content marketing because its purchase decisions are often more complex. Number four, when we're starting out, we can focus on the first easiest thing that we already know. 
If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn about Allie or connect with her, you can find her on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, check out HubSpot Hacks on YouTube or visit her website, simplestat.com. And there's links to all of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. How have you found success in taking a harder path? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success as you take the harder, less traveled road to success. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.